Hello and welcome back to another episode of Horribly Happy. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Sophie. And we're back at it from a long weekend. Hi, hi. Sun, kind of. <laughs> and what? In the sun, kind of. Yeah, the weather was actually not as bad as the forecast that it was going to be, but it also was not perfect weather. Yeah, there was some some storms, but not too bad. So it was Memorial Day weekend, and we're recording on Monday um, from the long weekend. And we both went to cabins, so it was, it was a fun weekend for both of us. And we actually got to see each other, which is Woo-hoo. very which is not... It's not new for us since we see each other like many times a week, but yeah, we don't normally but, see each other at cabins. But Jenna's boyfriend partner, Zach's cabin is like maybe 30 to 40 minutes away from my cabin. Mm-hmm. And so Jenna popped over one late morning, early afternoon for a couple hours. She hasn't seen my parents since the beginning of 2020. Yeah. Um, it's been a long time. And like, I grew up with your parents. Yes. Like, they, uh, you know, Jenny and They were Paul, so happy to see out. you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I was like, oh yeah. Like, cause I didn't really have much going on. Like Zach and his family were kind of doing other things. So I'm like, oh, I'll go pop over to the Harris household. And, uh, I'm so glad I did. It was so fun. It was so good to see your parents and you got to meet my niece. Yeah, your little niece. Oh my gosh. Like really, really cute. I know. She's precious and perfect. I knew you just like wanted to pick her up and hold her the whole time, but you're (laughs) just like slowly trying to warm up to her. I know. I didn't want to scoop her right away because like, that's a great way to make a toddler cry. How old is she, by the way? She is... About a year and four months. Okay, nice. Yeah, I was saying like a year and a half. So yeah, a little bit less than that. I literally just wanted to like pick her up and squeeze her the whole time, but I really yeah. like needed her to warm up to me a little bit. So like, I like started making silly faces at her, and she would smile yes. back at me, and then she would like hold my little finger as we're walking, and then finally I scooped her up, and I'm like, "You're mine now." I love you. <laughs> I love you and you're mine now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was nice. It was a little patch of nice weather. So we got to hang out outside for a couple hours and yeah, I'm happy you came. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I'll definitely be back. Um, Yeah. I feel like for like the first time in my adult life, I feel like a sense of baby fever that I've never had before. (laughs) No, you've talked about this before. But on a podcast because my mom mentioned it oh, to me. <laughs> did she? Well, because I was like, Jenna was all over Genevieve. Like she just was wanting to scoop her up. And mom's like, yeah, she's talked about baby fever on your podcast. Oh, I, I guess it's so I guess it's been on my mind, but it's only recent, like the past few months. Yes. Like uh, when we first, when our friend Abby had a baby and we first went to visit her, I was like, she's so precious. She's so cute, but couldn't be me. <laughs> like uh, I didn't feel that fire. Yeah. Like all of a sudden something switched, but also I'm not there yet. Just like I can more see it in the future now. Yeah. Now it doesn't seem, um, so you, you said it perfectly. You're like, this is the first year of my life where if I got pregnant, I wouldn't feel like a teen mom. Yes. I genuinely feel like that. Like even last year, I'm 27 for those of y'all that don't know, but last year I would have felt like a teen mom if I got pregnant. Jenna's far from being a teen mom, but she's just starting to feel like she's not a teen mom, which 
I concur. I actually feel less ready than you, obviously, but um, good for you. It's exciting to feel that way. Thank you. <laughs> it's a big feat. <laughs> um, I have a question I want to ask our listeners. Okay. Slash some recommendations I'm looking for. Slash maybe you know. I need some face sunscreen that doesn't cause me to break out every time I wear it. Oh, I'm someone who doesn't get a lot of acne. I'm very lucky in that sense. But every weekend, and hot girls sunscreen their face multiple times yes. a day. So I'm doing it multiple times a day. I've used Neutrogena. My mom has like some dermatologist stuff that I've used, but I always end up with a couple little pimples. And like, mm. obviously I wash my face at night and yada, yada, yada. But do um, any recommendations? Yeah, I started washing my face like the past year. Okay, because Sophie used to just like wash her face with hot water and nothing else. <laughs> yeah, if that. Yeah, that's wild to me. But yeah, now you're washing your face with like the CeraVe stuff I recommended. Yeah, I just use CeraVe and then I just put a moisturizer on at night. Okay, interesting. And makeup remover before if I, you know. Yeah. Did my, the sunscreen that I gave you, um, sun bum make you break out? Well, it's so hard to know because I had then layered it later with another sunscreen. So it's like, uh-huh. I guess I don't know for sure. The CeraVe SPF doesn't like the built in day lotion doesn't, but that's also not enough. Yeah. It's like 15 just, SPF. Yeah. Um, have you ever heard of super goop? Just recently through TikTok. So okay. maybe I should look for that. I would possibly, because I just think Neutrogena, mm, is that what you said you use? I have, yeah, like the face yeah, stuff. I mean, that's like fine. Like, I don't break out from it, um, but I don't really break out from lotion or sunscreen. So I think that is a little bit on the cheaper side. It still does the trick, but it's like not as nice of ingredients. So I would look into mm-hmm. Super Goop because I've heard, I haven't personally used it, but I've heard nothing but great things from it. Okay. That'll be my, I'll check that out next. And then maybe I'll try some expensive. <laughs> I know, but if it's just for my face. Yeah. Yeah. Worth it. Oh, I think so too. And it does money maker. like a white cast. You know, like yeah. how some leave like a white cast. My so, CeraVe uh, does a, a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Well, and listeners, if you've used Supergoop or if you have other recommendations for Soph, Sophie, what kind of skin do you have? Like, is it oily, combination, dry? My skin is dry. It's like hardly oily, but when I use sunscreen, like even when I wash my face the next morning, I wake up and it is just so oily. So like maybe I need to like double wash my face. I don't know. Oh, interesting. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah. Write in your recommendations. Horribly happy pod. It's dry Uh, and sensitive. So do what you want with that information listeners. Okay. Dry and sensitive (laughs) and she doesn't normally break out. Typically, no. Typically, no. Okay. Well, I'll do some research as well and let you know. Yeah. Thanks. I can also do my own research. <laughs> okay. Um, but anyway, good Memorial Day weekend. Yeah. We're back. What, what was the vibe at your cabin? How 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 were things going? Like chill, was, chill vibes. It was actually kind of busy because my parents, like you know, live out of state, so they like want to see a couple of people every time um, they're up. So. We have family friends who are priests, um, 
they're twins and they're both priests. They usually come around the 4th of July, but they're busy over the 4th. So they came this past weekend for lunch and they're hilarious. Like we laughed the whole time. Um, they're Catholic priests and I'm not religious at all, but I, I really enjoy their company. I think they're really good people. I feel like I would be so intimidated. <laughs> well, I mean, I've met them so many grew, times. We both now. grew up in Catholic schools and like the priests were like somewhat scary to me. Like, I guess in my and like sometimes my awkward experience, like I like never had like a close relationship with a priest. Same. And like, we all know Catholic priests don't have the greatest track record. Um, so it's like really a skewed idea of Catholic priests, but my dad went to college with one of them. Like they've been good friends. Um, and I've met them like quite a few times now, so I'm comfortable, but I think the first time, like when they were cracking jokes, I was just like, <laughs> Is this real? Like, are they trying to be funny? Like, what's going on? Are um, they allowed to do that? <laughs> well, yeah, and they were, like, drinking cocktails. I'm like, I need to look at the rule book for priesthood. Um, no, I'm just kidding. And then we had some family over for happy hour the, the next day. The Harris family loves a good cocktail hour at the cabin. Okay. Let, me, let me tell you. Come over next time. I'm sad I missed back. cocktail hour, but I no, did get served I, lunch as soon as I stepped in the door. So that was nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We got you. Abundance <laughs> of like, we're not even like a boozy family, but we just love our cocktails. Yeah. I feel that. So, but it was fun. I got some naps. Great. Well, I didn't get any naps. I was running around with my head cut off per usual, <laughs> but I did. Okay. Wait, we have a, a running update. Oh, wait. Okay, sorry. We'll do that after. Okay. Wait, wait, it all kind of it all kind of combines. Okay. Okay, so let me start from the beginning. Oh god. Okay. <laughs> no, okay, so as we know, I've been struggling to run, but I've been trying to run. And on the first day of my long weekend, I woke up and I was like, I'm gonna do this thing. And I realized that something I've been doing is listening to podcasts while running mm-hmm. and just like so slow. Like the podcast just like, don't get me going mm-hmm. So for this run. I'm like, I'm going to switch. I'm going to do music. And I put on my, we are having fun playlist and I felt so good. I ran three miles in under 10 minutes. I broke the under 10 I think it was a 953 split, but still it was under 10. Hey, it's still under 10. It's still under 10. Yeah, I was very happy. I was very proud. I immediately sent a screenshot in our GM to brag about it. And it inspired me to possibly run a half marathon in September, possibly, maybe. Yeah, um, that just reminded me that I never checked in with my sister-in-law with the marathon, but that's besides the point. Jenna and a couple other people in um, a group message we have showed some interest in potentially running a half marathon. Did Jordan sign up officially? He did not sign up that I know of, but we have some time to sign up. I do want to look into it soon. I think it would be like a good goal to work towards because I really want to get into like tip top cardiovascular shape, especially after like feeling how bad Mm -hmm. it felt to be in not good cardiovascular shape. Like I really just want to get to like as just like a really healthy spot. So I feel like that would be like a good goal to work towards. 
and it's mm-hmm. September. So I like, I wouldn't even need to start training until like what, like late June. I think that would be 12 yeah. weeks out. I counted earlier. So I think I might do it. It might be kind of fun. You and should. I also just bought Zach a bike. So I feel like with you. Yeah. So he can like pace me on my lawn. Yeah. yeah That's so great. I, I'm looking into it possibly. We'll see. I'll keep you guys. Yeah. A lot of people wouldn't know this based on like how our conversations have gone the past two episodes, but I've run more races than Jenna, but Jenna runs like more consistently than me. Like I just cut cold Turkey and then sign up for race and then I train again. Um, yes. But I think a half marathon would be really enjoyable for you. Yeah. Cause like I consistently run like three miles a few times a week, but I, that's mm-hmm. really like the cap, like a quick, you know, 30 minute run. Mm-hmm. I ran like I sometimes I throw on a four, four mile run in there. The furthest distance I run is six miles, mm-hmm. and I I just like haven't like pushed myself to go further than that. But I feel like it's like if I could do six miles, I could for sure get myself to do thirteen miles. I just would need to like train to get that endurance. So yes, I'm ninety percent gonna do it. I just haven't signed up yet. Do it. I'd love to watch. Yeah, would you cheer me on? Obviously. What kind of question is that? I don't know if you're around that weekend. I guess I don't know either, but as soon as you sign up, I'll put on my calendar. Okay. God bless you. Yeah. And I want to watch the Twin Cities marathon this year because I've never been a spectator. I have, but I want to spectate. Yep. Sophie ran it in 2019. It was so fun to watch. Yeah. And I just remember watching everyone being like, I wish that was me watching <laughs> running. So I need to fulfill that. I am that dream this year. Yeah. That, of watching. I'll, I'll do that with you. That'd be great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, cool. So that's my run update. So I went on that run and I was just feeling really good. And then I went to Sophie's and then I came back to Zach's family's cabin and I finished my book that I was working on. Oh, yeah. You want to talk about it? I just like have no words. Like I could tear up talking about it. I found my new favorite book of all time. Okay. Wait, what is it? I'm going to write it down. It is called conversations with friends by Sally Rooney. Oh, I've heard of it. Okay. The same author of the book, normal people. And she also has a third book that just came out and I don't know what it's called, but I'm of course going to read that next. So she has a super unique style of writing where it's like, she doesn't use quotations. So like people are oh. talking just like in the middle of paragraphs and you kind of have to decipher that. Yeah. Um, but like her books, the two that I've read are like very conversation based, like okay. um, very relationship based, like not necessarily like in a romantic way. Like they are, there are romantic relationships in the book, but it isn't like a love story, you know, mm-hmm. it's more just like human relationships and like the complexities of it. And I, so most people like normal people more than conversations with friends. They're both okay. really good. There's been short ser- series made out of both of them. Joe oh, okay. Alwyn's the star oh. of the Hulu Duh. series for conversations with friends. I haven't watched it yet. That's I obviously it. why I've heard of it. Yeah. Yes. And like, literally, I just like, don't even know how to explain how much I loved it, but I like have a list of like my top five favorite books and that quickly jumped to the top and booted all of the rest down a notch. Like, I could reread this book over and over and over again. And we give a hard copy. I do. I can share it with you. Please. So it's okay. This is like 
because t- when I whenever I finish a book, I go and look it up on TikTok and then look at mm-hmm. what book talk has to say about it. So mm-hmm. I don't want any spoilers, so I don't do it while I'm reading it. So I wait until after. Right. So I found one and then I read the comments and I took a screenshot of the comment because I thought it was so funny. Explaining a Sally Rooney book is like, okay, so there are these people and they're pretty normal and they have conversations and it's emotionally devastating. <laughs> it's like so accurate. So oh it like, you're just like reading like the lives of these like mundane people. Well, yeah. Like they're very interesting in some ways, but, and then it's like, okay, you're just like reading about like their life, but it's so emotionally devastating. It's amazing. I Is it kind of it. like, um, what's the, what's the book called? Is some, her name is, it's some name is completely fine. Eleanor oh, Oliphant, Eleanor is, completely Oliphant fine. is completely fine. That's one of my favorite books as well. Yeah. Um, it just gets so devastating. Yeah, yes, kind of. But Sally writes in a way that feels a little bit more. Okay, so in Eleanor Oliphant you, is completely fine. You learn so much about Eleanor, mm-hmm. but not necessarily like the surrounding people in her life. Yeah. Um, in Sally Rooney's books, it's written from like one person's point of view. But okay. you also learn so much about like the dynamics of like other people in the story. So like there's basically those. like four main characters in conversations with friends. Yeah. Okay. So good. I'm, I highly recommend it. Um, just like keep in mind, it's like a little bit different style of writing and it's a little bit slow because you're like getting to know these characters. Yeah. Okay. So it's kind of just like picking up and like watching your favorite show, but like you're reading yeah. your favorite book. Anyways really just can't speak high enough about it so finish that book and then the next day it was zach's little sister grace's 21st birthday so we went out and celebrated all day which was very very fun and very tiring hbd grace yes hbd gracer so yeah that was was the weekend (laughs) that sounds great i forgot my kindle and I didn't read and I was so sad. I like, we have a small bookshelf at our cabin, but like it's all my dad's favorite books and like his, they're not, I can't, like I can't, he reads. Do you have any like little free libraries around your cabin? Not that I've seen. Oh, there's a a few by Zach's cabin. We have a bookstore, so I totally could have gone into town. Oh yeah. Not a book, but I just... By the time I got into town, I was only, I was leaving soon. So the next day, so I was like, whatever. So my next book I started is The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. Okay. So I I just finished that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Really good book. I've heard, I've seen mixed reviews mostly, but mostly people think it's really good. I mean, it's like one of the top selling books of the last year and it's like the number one book on book talk right now. It's, it's really, it's just a page turner. It's so good. Yeah. I am um, 90 pages yeah. in. So like just getting into the meat of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yes. a good book. Yeah. I feel like um, conversations with friends is like very like you think like deeply about things. Yes. As you're reading it. But I feel like this one, I'm just going to like whip through it because it's like yeah. more of like a page turner and like a story. You it's know? just a drama. Yeah. yeah. It's a drama for sure. Yeah. It's a good one. Oh, I'm excited. 
Okay. So I'm going to transition us a little bit. Do you have anything else left to talk about before I transition us? No transition away. Okay. So have you ever read the book Gone Girl? No. You've never read the book Gone Girl? No. I, I'm the woman is too stunned. The woman is too stunned to speak. Have you ever? No. Uh, I want. I and I did it wrong. I watched the movie. You watched the movie, but yeah. to be honest, I don't even really remember the movie. So I feel like maybe I should read the book. Okay. Well, now I feel like I'm going to give you spoilers for the book by telling my story. <laughs> Can you not? Should we pause? Yeah, pause. <laughs> for I, what? Should I tell a different story? <laughs> Let's come back to the story when I finally finished Gone Girl. Well, if you want to talk about it, like, who knows? I'll read it. I have so many other books. I mean, like, this is my horrible story oh. that I researched. No, then do it. Okay. I thought you were just, like, had another story, a mini story to tell you for your big story. No, this is my story. So you were talking about books. No, go for it. Okay. Go for it. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. So. Okay, okay. Gone Girl relates to this story that I'm going to tell okay so a preface of the book Gone Girl spoiler spoiler alert if you haven't read it or watched the movie the wife goes missing and she is presumed to be dead and it turns out that she actually is not missing and she faked her own abduction and she comes back into the story and Everybody thought the husband did it, blah, blah, blah. And then she comes back and she didn't, the husband didn't do it and she's alive. And she just like faked her own disappearance. Yeah. Very short summary of the story. Wait, I feel like I'm going to know what story you're going to tell. Cause I feel like I've heard this reference before. Anyway, just keep going. Okay. So my sources today are CBS news, NPR and ABC seven news. So here's the title of my story. Real Life Gone Girl, question mark, the story of Denise Huskins. So on March 23rd, 2015, Aaron Quinn, Denise's partner, called the Vallejo Police Department to report that his girlfriend had been kidnapped. Wait, Vallejo? Yes. In California? Mm-hmm. Okay. Vale- yeah, okay. What did I say? Vallejo. <laughs> but that's okay. <laughs> v- Vallejo. Please I feel like I only know it's Vallejo because um, it doesn't matter. Talked about it, my favorite murder. Keep going. Oh, got it. Oh, got it. Okay. Vall- Vallejo. Okay. So he said that Huskins, his partner, Denise, but I'll refer to her as Huskins in this, was drugged by force by a group of assailants. And then they kidnapped her using a vehicle. And one of the men that kidnapped her was a man wearing a full body wetsuit. When police arrived, Quinn showed them an area delineated with red duct tape, and he said the assailants had ordered him not to leave the tape boundaries and said they would watch him through a monitor or a motion sensor camera they installed. According to court documents, Quinn described an intricate attack. He said that an unknown number of people burst in at about 3 a.m. while him and Huskins were sleeping. An assailant then blindfolded him and made him listen to a pre-recorded instructions on what to do next. Quinn was informed by the message that he would be drugged. An assailant took his vitals and his blood pressure. 
Quinn was told that they knew where he banked and where he grew up. He was told that this was a professional group there to collect financial debts and that he intended to kidnap his female female companion. Did you did you listen to a podcast about this? Because I did. Okay. Or how did you find the story? TikTok. Okay. There's a good possibility I've listened to a podcast about it. I listen to so many podcasts, I forget every story I hear for the most yeah. part. Yeah, no, I, I feel you. So he was advised he would have to pay $15,000 for her return. And if he did not comply, she would be hurt first by electric shock and then by cutting her face, mm. which like $15,000, obviously that's a, a good chunk of money. But typically like when people are like kidnapping somebody for ransom, it's a lot more than that. Yes. Kind of a strange amount. So then Quinn fell back asleep and when he woke up, his car and girlfriend were gone. And then I also read in another story that he woke up and remembered that he was drugged and that the um, the kidnappers told him to not call police. So he fell back asleep and then woke up again and then called police, which I thought was a little bit strange. That is kind of weird. He woke up again and had a new email asking for two payments of $8,500. And then it was said if they asked about withdrawals, he was to explain that the money was to purchase a ski boat. And shortly after, Quinn got in touch with the police. Quinn's car was found later that night with no sign of his girlfriend, Husks, or Huskins. And then later on March 25th, so this all happened on March 23rd. Okay. So days later on March 25th, Huskins was freed dropped off at Huntington Beach, and she told police that she had been taken to a quiet house and placed in a bedroom. She said she was sexually assaulted twice. Huskins said she believed four assailants were there with her. She told police that they sounded well-organized and had protocols as if they had done this before. They decided to bring her to Huntington Beach, her hometown, away from the commotion of the authorities in Vallejo. Did I say that right? Mm-hmm. Okay. You did. No ransom was ever paid. So they knew where she grew up. That seems so sketchy. Right? They dropped her off at the beach where she grew up just a few blocks away from her dad's home. Okay. So in a... Looking up where Vallejo is in California. I'm still listening. Just because I'm curious. Yes. In a further twist, the apparent group of assailants sent an email to Henry Lee, a San Francisco Chronicle reporter, intending to clarify that Hoskins was indeed kidnapped. The email describes the group as a band of professional thieves relatively new to crime. It explains that they had recently been involved in a number of car thefts in the area, and they wanted to try something with a higher payout. Email says that they went to try kidnapping in an operation that was meant to test the methods that would use uh, that would then be used later on a higher net worth target. In the letter, it then said the operation went terribly wrong. After making the jump from property crime to this, we felt deep remorse and horribly regret our slide into criminality. (laughs) They were mortified about their crime's impact on the Huskins and were very impressed with the strength that she showed who and who she uh, was as the time passed talking to her. I love how it's like, you know, it's our bad. Like, I hope we're good. Right. She's a good girl. Like, sorry, we thought we wanted to do this, but we don't. So forget it. Yes. So it was actually the police department's disbelief that prompted this email. 
And in the email, it said that Huskins was absolutely kidnapped. We did it. We would rather take the chance of revealing the truth than live in a world where someone like Huskins is victimized again. The email claims that they didn't want to hurt anyone and fancied ourselves a sort of Ocean's Eleven gentleman criminals. So the authorities literally like did not believe uh, Denise Huskin and her boyfriend. Like they thought they were lying. They, it's just like such an outrageous, like um, weird story. They yeah. literally referenced the book and movie Gone Girl and saying it, it seems like a Gone Girl situation here. The boyfriend did something and tried to yeah. cover it up because at first the boyfriend, they were saying they were accusing him of murdering her before Denise was found two days later. They weren't believing any of his stories. They're accusing him of murdering her, of making her go missing. And then when Denise showed up, they still thought she was lying because it's yeah. such an outrageous story. So then they started equating her to Gone Girl and it literally went like viral over the news. Like the media picked this up and like made this couple just, you know, yeah. um, the bad guys. Like they literally were like pitted in such a bad light in the news um, and everybody was talking about this as like the gone girl case because nobody believed them. And I know how this story ends, but I don't, I mean, it is really weird. Like I don't blame the police initially for being like, huh? Mm-hmm. No, it is really weird. But like this person that was sending in this email after they sent it in, like the police mm-hmm. still didn't believe it. Well, yeah, yeah. And like there was because anyone can send an email. I know, but there was video and photo evidence and facts about the crime that nobody else would know. Facts about True. the crime that they yeah in that email. Yeah. And they, they didn't even look into it further. Yeah. They were so convinced that these two were just yeah. Yeah, kind of crazy. It is crazy. So investigators were stuck on that gone girl theory, but soon dropped it after Matthew Muller was arrested by police in Dublin for a very similar home invasion. In so, Dublin? Yes. And I kept seeing Dublin, Dublin, Dublin. I'm not sure. Is there a Dublin, California? That's what I'm wondering. Cause I was like, did he go? I know. Oh. I, and of course I didn't Google it because I was hoping it would just slide past. But there is a Dublin, California, not okay. far from Vallejo. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So it was Dublin, California. Makes sense. Um, and it was literally the same exact thing. Like, yep. um, broke into the home, pre-recorded message. Uh, but the only difference is um, nobody was actually kidnapped. Um, I think there was a scuffle and uh, Mueller fled and left his cell phone at the scene, which okay. is how he was able to get caught. Got it. So authorities said that they found a cell phone that traced to Mueller and a subsequent search of a car and home turned up evidence, including a computer that Mueller stole from Quinn, the initial boyfriend. Yep. So he linking him to the first abduction. Investigators then found videos of Mueller arranging cameras in his bedroom and also recorded himself twice sexually assaulting his blindfolded oh, victim, which is gosh. just terrible. So Mueller was actually a Harvard-trained attorney and ex-Marine, and he concocted a plan so elaborate and bizarre. So for Huskins and Aaron Quinn, Denise Huskins and Aaron Quinn, he used a remote-controlled drone to spy on them and then broke into their home with a fake gun on March 23rd, 2015. He then tied up the couple and made them drink a sleep-inducing liquid. 
They were blindfolded while Mueller played a pre-recorded message that made it seem as if there were more than one kidnappers. That's what I was going to say, because she was like, there was four. I'm like, I think there was only one. Yeah, yeah. But I just read an article that to this day, she still thinks there was more people involved. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. You know, it could have just been like the trauma she experienced from it. Like, Mm -hmm. and who knows if he gave her more drugs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So Mueller then put Denise Huskins into the trunk of his car, drove her to his home in South Lake Tahoe and held her there for two days before driving her nearly 500 miles and releasing her into the hometown of Huntington Beach. So during and after the kidnapping, Mueller used an anonymous email to send messages to a San Francisco reporter claiming that Huskins was abducted by a team of elite criminals who were practicing their tactics. After her release, Vallejo police called the kidnapping a hoax and likened it to the book and movie Gone Girl, which we already spoke about. Yeah. Mueller pleaded guilty to federal kidnapping charges and was sentenced in 2017 to 40 years in prison. His defense argued that he had spiraled into a mental illness and he is diagnosed as bipolar, but clearly there's many people with bipolar that do not act like this. Yeah. And he was obviously untreated. Mm -hmm. Yes. Vallejo police then apologized for initially discounting the couple's story. And in uh, 2018, Huskins and Quinn, who is now her husband, they got married Mm reached a $2.5 million settlement with the city. And Huskins and Quinn wrote a book called Victim F, From Crime Victims to Suspects to Survivors, um, explaining their story. So if you're interested in checking that out more, I recommend it. Um, But yeah, that's the story of Real Life Gone Girl, Denise Huskins, who is clearly not (laughs) the Real Life Gone Girl and was a victim of not only Mueller, but also the police not listening to her story and also the media pinning her and her partner out to be a victim. Yeah, I wanted to start this story by like pulling that story into it and like highlighting how much of an appeal that it, like it's so Mm -hmm. drawing, like you're immediately Mm -hmm. drawn in because it's such a crazy story. So it's easy to like inflate what the, what this story is and um, kind of like make it into like fiction almost, which is what seemed the media was doing with her case. And really imagine like going through that being sexually assaulted and and traumatized by being kidnapped for two days and then nobody believes you like that's terrible. Yeah. So yeah, Yeah. that's the story. Um, Very happy that the truth came out and that they're, able to live their life in the in this truth now but it's Mm -hmm. crazy like how much of it it's crazy that the police like really just like was like this is too crazy of a story to even be real Mm -hmm. and then also like the media like I we know how it is you know Mm -hmm. really blow up things yeah um, even if they're not real and it clearly did this yeah like um applying names to like serial killers or like crimes like that I think just sensationalizes these crimes even more and probably makes it a lot harder for the victims too. Yeah. But yeah, that was a good story. I have listened to a podcast about it. I can't remember which one, but that I remember I was like on the edge of my seat. Cause I was like, what's happening? Cause it does, yeah. it did seem fake or like it seemed, I don't know. 
too far-fetched. Right. Like it's so bizarre that it's like, it can't be real. Yeah. Right. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a good story. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's kind of crazy and pretty sad. (laughs) It is sad, but I'm, I'm glad like her and her husband were able now husband able to like move past it and move on with their lives. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. least that's what it sounds like but thanks for sharing some of that settlement money to go to some therapy heck yeah girl (laughs) truly and boy yeah people um (laughs) what people yeah (laughs) (laughs) um yeah good story that's fascinating Mm -hmm. if I didn't listen to the podcast I would have I think I would actually read that book but the podcast was a deep dive. I'm going to see if yeah. I can find it and maybe we can, I'll put it in like the Instagram. I was going to try and like play it up and like really try to make you believe it. Like my, the beginning of the story. That's why I like separated into two parts. Like what the media was saying happened versus yeah. what happened or media and police versus what actually mm-hmm. happened. But you already knew what happened. So I was like, okay. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> my bad. It's okay. Um, it's fine that you listen to other podcasts, I guess. Yeah. Not just ours. <laughs> Um, okay. Now I'm going to pivot. So pivot. This story is short and sweet. And my story is Sebastio and Lelia Salgado and their fight against deforestation. And my only source this week is all that's interesting.com. Swag. My favorite website. Love. So in 1994, Sebastio Salgado returned home to Brazil after being a part of a project involving his profession of photography. The project was covering the devastations of the genocide happening in Rwanda and was quite traumatic for him. Once he returned home, he decided he needed to take a step back from this type of work for a while and thought it would be a good idea to take up the family farm, which was located in um, Minas area. Ugh, I should have looked that up. Um, okay. But unfortunately, like when he returned to his farm, what he saw was that was also devastating for him. What was once once a rich forest had morphed into a severely damaged landscape due to rampant deforestation and disappearing wildlife. In Brazil, is this somewhere? Yes. Okay, yeah. Yep. So the land was roughly only half percent covered in trees by the time he had seen it again, when like originally it was just like vast forest mm-hmm. everywhere. Um, and that's when Sebastian's wife, Lelia, had the idea to attempt to replant the forest. And a few years later, the Instituto Terra, translated to the Earth Institute in English, helped make this idea a reality. And the land that consisted of 1,754 acres, once barren, had now transformed back into its original state of lush forest. The Instituto Terra planted 2 million trees to make this happen. And it took about 20 years for uh, it to get back to what it was once. Okay. Yeah. 2 million trees. That's a ton. (laughs) And 20 years is, like, a long time. I mean, it's short in, like, the span of history, but, like... Yeah. 
it's pretty long for like short to have that idea and just like no you have to sit back on it my dad has this like little his own rule of thumb which I thought was law it was like a law because of how closely he followed it was for every tree like he had part of taking down like when we built our house or whatever he had to plant two more oh my gosh cute yeah (laughs) so uh up at my cabin like we have I told you we have like a back lot and he, if you like walk through the woods, you'll just see that he has planted like random trees in the middle of the woods and will like put like fencing around them so that deer don't get to them. And like, this is straight up in the middle of the forest. Like there's so many trees here, but it's so (laughs) sweet. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Anyway, use that. Everyone should follow that rule of thumb. Yes. Um, so the rehabilitated forest helped facilitate the regrowth of hundreds of species of plants and also had seen the return of wildlife. It is estimated to contain 293 different species of trees, 172 species of birds, 33 types of mammals, and 15 species species of amphibians and reptiles. That's a ton. Kind of fun. (laughs) Um, The area also now holds official status as a private natural heritage reserve. So Sebastio has made an effort to meet, like post this project, he has made an effort to meet with religious leaders to discuss the effects of climate change and how the concept of tying together spirituality um, with the environment is like something to be followed. Mm -hmm. And Sebastio has stated that Quote, we need to listen to the words of the people on the land. Nature is the earth and it is other beings. Wait, nature is the earth and it is other beings. And if we don't have some kind of spiritual return to our planet, I fear that we will be compromised, unquote. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so the idea of spirituality. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Right. I think, I mean, like people talk about hot girl walks, like that's a thing right now. But I mean, there's something really truly to that, to like be walking outside and like center yourself and clear your mind or get some thoughts out. Like um, you and I have both spent a lot of time like camping and I don't know about you, like I feel very connected with earth and like myself in those situations. Like the Um, more time I spend outside, like the better I feel about myself. (laughs) Yes. Right. Um, So the idea that spirituality is connected to the earth has been a concept held by generations of indigenous cultures. And today, um, modern, more modern religious communities are adopting these principles as well. An example of this is Bishop Frederick Shu, known as, quote, the tree bishop. He is also attempting to rebuild his community's resources uh, and faith. And he lives in the foothills of Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania. So he's doing something similar where a lot of people in his community have farming land and they're trying to replant trees and other like flora. Yeah. Um, And according to the National Forest Foundation, uh, reforestation is extremely beneficial to the environment, rejuvenating damaged areas mean better quality of natural water resources, more resilient species of flora and fauna and improved air quality. So that's my story. It's short and sweet, but it was just like really cool that this couple just like took this initiative to rehab that. And obviously it took a lot of time and probably a lot of money. Like they are the ones who I think, I don't know if they 
were the sole starters of the Instituto Terra or they helped found that right. foundation. But I don't know. I just thought it was sweet. Yeah. I mean, like sometimes I feel like in this like huge world with like so many problems that like my one action can't make a difference, but mm-hmm. this shows that that isn't true. And like, there are ways yeah. that like your actions can make a huge difference. Yeah. And start small. And yeah. like, if everyone planted one tree, like how many trees would that be? You know, billions. So yeah, yeah it's, it's short, sweet and to the point. Get I out love there. It plant a tree or plant a plant love nature I uh just set up my little makeshift makeshift garden for the summer yeah Uh, I saw your insta story yes so So I'm getting in touch with that side but like yeah I, I imagine like when I buy a house like I want to like have like a pollinator friendly front yard and like yeah I have like all of these dreams of like what I want to do but like Yeah, it could be even as simple as, like, finding a nice place to plant a tree. You know what I've seen on TikTok a couple times, so... Clover yards. um, Over? Clover yards. Clover yards. Yes, that's exactly what I was going to (laughs) say. Because I'm like, I love the look of grass, but I realize grass is, like, not it. Terrible. Which, obviously, like, if I buy a house and has a grass yard, like, will I tear it up and plant clover yard? I don't know. Don't hold me to it, but... (laughs) I don't know. Clovers look really nice as well. It gives you a similar feeling. I actually, um, that same person that you saw with the clover yard, I commented on her video asking a bunch of questions about how she did it. And she answered me, just giving me like all of this insight. Cause I was like, I am obsessed with this. Yeah. I just like got the the DL on everything. So cool. Because I'm going to be honest, like, I don't love the look of just like overgrown yards with like, yes, I know I it's pollinator friendly and I know it's better. And maybe like, I'll get to a point where I can like appreciate that more and get over like the clean and cut look of whatever. Yeah. But I was like, clover yards are a great alternative because. Yes. No, they are. No, I think like, I also agree. Cause I'm like a very like aesthetic person. Like I like how things, I like things mm-hmm. to look nice. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think I would have like my whole yard be like pollinator friendly, but like I would mm-hmm. have like a little pollinator friendly garden, you know? Yeah, for sure. Aww. Yeah. Well, that's a great story. Thanks, Soph. Yeah. Give me those tips and tricks when I buy a house. Yeah. <laughs> the clover yard. I saved the video. I'm like, I'm coming back to this in yes. years. <laughs> Love it. I support. <laughs> All right, y'all. Well, thanks for joining us this week. Um, I hope you have a great rest of your week. Smash that subscribe button, like, rate, review, subscribe, share with a friend. We've heard of some people sharing it with their friends the past week or so. We super appreciate it. Continue to spread the word um, and have a great rest of your week and stay happy. As happy as you can be. Bye. Bye.